if you were always worried about traffic getting clicks if you are getting clicks and traffic now but now you're worried about conversion this is the episode for you the title of this episode is from clicks to conversion while understanding your customer journey for me the there's a conversation that happens between the website and the user or the app and the user right sort of interchangeable there but this is chris mercer well how do we as professionals that are running these websites or these apps how do we know what that conversation is well that's what measurements for chris mercer is an esteemed measurement marketing expert and the co-founder of measurementmarketing.io with his extensive knowledge and ability to simplify complex concepts mercer has become sought after speaker at prestigious conferences and events so as usual you are going to learn a ton from this episode and why is that because you will be learning about traffic conversion what is segmentation how companies are using it and what is the right way to measure what to measure and when to measure that so this is going to be the episode if you want to really get into depth of measurement if you want to learn more about me you can go to issuesing.com i s h u s i n g h.com issuesing.com you can go there learn more about me you can get in touch with me there as well or you can email me me at the rate issuesing.com or issue at the rate starting to know.com if you want to learn more about starting to know go to startingtoknow.com you can go there learn more about many business related topics now without further ado let's welcome chris to the show hi mercer welcome to the show thanks for having me issue it's a pleasure to be here my pleasure my pleasure to have you here so what is happening at the measurement marketing yeah measurement is is a constantly changing industry you know i tell you we have a we have a saying here like measurement's a department it's no longer a project because it kind of used to be back in the day people could set up like a goal in Google Analytics and like there your measurement's done you know mm-hmm. and now it's it's there's tag manager there's G, Google Analytics 4 which is kind of what everyone's talking about now there's big query databases there's looker studio there's all this stuff that you can use to measure um and so there's it's like for us it's job security there's always new ways to teach these tools and of course that's what we do as a training company so plenty has been happening in the world of measurement that is for sure and Marcel what do you think like in terms of google analytics i've seen that mostly being used in the websites do you think it's being used in the saas like web applications as well up to the scale or maybe i'm unaware of that market what do you think yeah that's a really great question i would say that traditionally it hasn't been the greatest tool for saas um hmm. primarily because it really wasn't made originally google analytics i mean remember kind of back in the day they 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 when it was created as a tool there there was no mobile phone that was accessing the internet right mm-hmm. there was no internet of things so it was built for a very different world um and saas and apps and iphone apps and you know this is before the iphone right so like it wasn't made to measure that sort of stuff and even though they've tried over the years to improve it it's just it's like an old car it's just like a car that was built in the 1900s no matter what you do to it it's not going to be a car that you're going to be able to to drive off road today right it's just it's just not it needs roads it needs you know a straight path it's just a different vehicle so today's measurement professionals need a different vehicle and that is where i think google is on the right track with the platform which is the new google analytics called google analytics 4 because they completely rebuilt it and because of the way they rebuilt it and knowing of course they're google they own android right so they get it 
Um, yeah. They know that they built this platform to measure things like apps, which is a lot of SaaS stuff, right? So not only can it measure your website better, but it can measure apps if you've got, you got an app, if you're a startup. Mm -hmm. And those two things can now be combined so you can see the crisscross between the user journeys. So it's a brand new tool, essentially. It's been out for a few years, so it's new-ish, but there's still the, the market hasn't quite adopted it yet. Um, because they just haven't had to. Um, and this year, Universal, the original Google Analytics, it's going away. So everyone has to, mm. to learn GA4. But it's worth, absolutely worth investigating because it's it's just, it's made for today's world, right? It's not made for yesterday's. Like, I want to go to the basics of why do we measure? And we can talk about Google Analytics, mixed panel mm -hmm. segment, like how are we going to attract the data? How are we going to get the data? Like those aspects are good. But let's, I want to talk a little bit about the customer journey, like the fundamentals of, of course, you're doing a business in this section, in this category. What are your thoughts in terms of understanding the customer journey? Like how important it is to understand it's, the customer journey? It's everything. It's mm -hmm. everything. And, and I'll tell you sort of how to explain. And I love the fact that you're sort of steering away from like, hey, we can talk about the tools. Yeah. But let's face it, you can go to YouTube and watch videos on the tools, right? It's not yeah. a big deal. But the the problem is like, let's say, I think the mindset is off for a lot of the market in the world. Um, and I'll give you an example of what I mean by that. Like, let's say I wanted to learn how to cook, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I all I know how to do is boil an egg and I want to learn how to cook something. So I go and I watch a, a YouTube channel that's all about somebody showing me how to cook stuff. And I watch it and I'm looking at their stove and I'm looking at their fancy pans and I'm looking at the knives and all the tools they have. And I go, well, obviously this is why I can't cook because if I had their tools, I would also be able to cook, right? Mm -hmm. So I invest all this money, I buy all this fancy stuff. And what do I do with it? I boil an egg, why? Because I actually never learned how to cook. Yet if I give a chef a camper stove, they're going to do amazing things with it because mm. they understand flavor and spices and ingredients and how to combine them because they have a better strategy. In other words, they know how to be a chef. The tool doesn't really matter. They can be a good chef because they've got a great strategy, right? They know how to cook. And that is happening now. They're starting to become an awakening in, in the world of measurement, that strategy is what should be dictating your tools, not the other way around. And a lot of people, they are still working with, well, let's go learn the tool. Let's go learn Google Analytics 4. That's going to make us a hero. Let's go learn Mixpanel and set that up. That's going to that's gonna set up measurement for us. And it's not true. The, the answer is you've got to have a proper measurement strategy, and then you figure out what you do with the tool to fulfill that strategy. So mm -hmm. going back to your question about customer journey, it's the reason I say it's everything is because it's it's like for me the there's a conversation that happens between the website and the user or the app and the user right sort of interchangeable there but mm. it's there's a conversation that's happening between the app the website and the user well how do we as professionals that are running these websites or these apps how do we know what that conversation is well that's what measurements for so the better we get at measurement then the more likely we are to have a clearer picture of what the conversation is. And that conversation is the user journey. So if the website is supposed to get somebody to sign up, become a lead, and then close through an email within seven days for a hundred bucks, like mm -hmm. that's how the conversation's supposed to go. How do I know if that's working or not? How do I know if that's the conversation that's actually happening? Well, I measure for it. And then mm -hmm. I can see like, oh, wow, our lead rate is not where it's supposed to be. Or maybe it is, but they're low quality. So they're not closing within seven days because it's the wrong target. And now all of a sudden the marketing side, right? So measurement's how we listen. Well, mm -hmm. marketing is how we respond. 
right? Because obviously we can't be there for everybody in person. So marketing is how we respond. So we change our audience targeting or we change the messaging of the ad or we change the offer on the lead magnet, whatever it happens to be. And so that's the whole concept between measurement marketing is to use measurement to listen to the customer side of the conversation or the user side, let's say, because not all of them are customers yet, but mm -hmm. to understand that customer journey. And then the marketing side is how we adjust our, our messaging to make sure that that journey is going in the direction that we want. And, and that's the idea is you use those tools to implement that, that uh, sort of mindset, right? And then there's a bigger strategy that goes on top of that. Um, but that's kind of the overall concept. So I love the fact that you're really pulling it to the to the user journey themselves. Yeah, yeah. Marcel, like, what do you think, like, in terms of, okay, you pointed and you gave, like, really good examples in terms of how the person can understand in a, in a clear way. First, we have the strategy, then we can have the tool. Now, so what do you think, like, prefer to go through the route of segmentation or you're not much of a fan, like, you want to play with the data in a different way? Yeah, that's a great question. I think generally speaking, I try to find offline examples to try to, especially when I'm trying to think about stuff, right? Like what's mm -hmm. the offline equivalent of this? And then how does that apply online to the digital world? Because I think a lot of times um, marketers just kind of lose their minds in the digital world. They assume that nothing nothing in the offline world applies to this world. It's different. And it's not. It's because it's they both have human nature, right? Mm -hmm. And humans have been the same for millions of years. Like that's yeah. just what's going to happen. So it's like, okay, maybe not millions, but at least a couple hundred thousand. So we, when we're thinking about this, I kind of think about it like, what if I had a, you know, just kind of using the generic shoe store example, if I had a shoe store and I had a certain, if I had a hundred buyers come in and I sell, uh, you know, a thousand dollars worth of stuff, like that's, that's good. Let's say, okay, I sold it. I know it's $10. Every shoe must've been a rough 10 bucks, blah, blah, blah. Mm. But if I look at that data, so that's the data sort of an aggregate. But if I look at that data and I say, well, wait a second, 90 of those buyers bought socks for a dollar. 10 of those buyers bought the shoes and that was my money. That was the bigger revenue. Then I go, well, let's go get more of those 10 buyers, right? Because they, those 10 are better buyers. So I think that in, a, in itself makes the case for segmentation. You, know, you mm -hmm. have to get your data broken down into a certain segment because that is where some insights come in, right? And then of course it just goes into using the tool to break it down and how you do that is different based upon the, the tech stack and the measurement tech stack that you use. But I do think segmentation is absolutely necessary because to your point, how else do you personalize? How else do you cater? I think it could go a little, it can go too far, right? Where you only have a segment of three people and you mm. now you can't scale it. It's not useful. But if there's a decent enough group to have a, a message to, imagine going back to that conversation example, if there's a big enough group in the room to have a conversation with, then set up measurement. So you're measuring that conversation and then adjust your marketing to keep the conversation going. Yeah. 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 I got your point. So yeah, of course, the data is necessary. As, as you mentioned, like only three people are going to be there. So it's of no use. So scale doesn't come with three. So what, like you mentioned about the data, how we can identify the data. And there's going to be, of course, uh, the gaps that can be addressed. But how can that be actually implemented? Uh, you mentioned like going with a strategy. So in the strategy, do you suggest like going or picking up your tools? Okay, this is what I want to achieve. And this is the tool I think can achieve. So what do you think like at the beginning level when, when the product is at the launch stage, do you think or do you prefer to have everything installed, like all the pixels, like everything, Google Analytics and everything else, the tools that's helpful for measurement uh, to be installed before it the product hits the market? Or 
you want to roll it out and like, yeah, it's going to be more so often the iteration stage. Yeah. You hit the market. Like now you can start implementing or do you want to go with the day one approach? Like that's such think? a great, that's a great question. So let me give you, I'll give you the strategy, right? So everybody yeah. can sort of start using that. So the, here's the strategy and it's bigger than, remember the strategy is always bigger than the tool, right? No matter what yeah. tool you're using, anyone that's listening to this can use this strategy, whatever their current tools are at the current level that they know how to use them and they'll still get more from the tool. So the strategy is really three steps. First, we plan out what we're going to be measuring. Then we build out that measurement, right? Which is where the tool comes in. And then you launch that measurement. In other words, you start using it, right? Mm -hmm. And then you rinse and repeat, goes through, then however you launch it. So let's, let's talk about the planning step. There are three keys to proper measurement planning. The first is, and I kind of think about these as three columns, like on a piece of paper, you write down three columns. Mm -hmm. In the first column, it's what are the questions do I, I'm trying to answer? And you sort of think about results and how questions. That's what I would, that's, that is the secret sauce to that. There's only ever two types of questions. There's either what's the result of the user journey I'm trying to measure? And am I getting that result? And then it's how am I getting that result? So what are the sub steps? What are those micro conversions along the way that are supposed to happen in this conversation to get the result, right? So you ask all these sort of results and how questions, you just sort of list them down. Then next to that is information. And this is where the measurement stuff kicks in, but you start going, okay, what information do I need to collect in order to get that answer? So a question might be like, what my opt-in rate is. Okay, what's my opt-in rate? Great. Well, what am I going to need to get that? Well, I'm going to need to know the offer page, right? Where the opt-in could happen. And then of course the thank you page, how many people did opt in as a signal? I need to collect those two things. Awesome. So then that's the, that's the second column, all the information you need to collect to get the answers to the questions you're asking. Then the third key to a plan is the thing that everybody misses and is such an important step. And it's the action step. So what you do is you think, okay, what are the actions I'm going to take when I get this answer? And here's how, and it's a very specific way you have to do this. You go, okay, if the answer is lower than what I think it's going to be, I'm going to do this. If the answer is higher than I think it's going to be, I'm going to do this other thing. And if the answer is just right in the range that I want it to be in, then I'm going to do this other thing. So you start thinking about what actions you're going to take based upon the answers you get before you even set up the measurement, right? So as an example, with our opt-in, we're like, okay, I'm going to collect the opt-in. I'm going to collect the, the offers and the thank you pages. That's going to figure out my conversion rate. You might say, well, uh, for this funnel, it's cold traffic. So I expected between 25 and 35% opt-in rates. If it's less than 25%, I'm going to look at the offer. If it's more than 35%, I'm going to look at the audience because maybe we're bringing in buyers that are too hot and I can scale that audience a little more and net more leads. And if it is between 25 and 35%, then I'm going to do my best to continue to scale the audience with keeping it in that range, right? So now I already know the actions I'm going to take when I see that number in my report. And this does two things. That's why this step is so, this particular key of action step is so important. And we call this process, by the way, KIA. So it's question, information, actions, right? Mm -hmm. so that's KIA, QIA. But the reason that's so important is because it eliminates the problem that most organizations have, which is I've got a bunch of data, but I have no idea what to do with it, right? Too much information, not enough story. Uh, lots, of, lots of data, no insights, right? That's why it's happening because there was no strategy for it. They just collected a bunch of stuff. They threw it at people in charts and data graphs or whatever it is. Everyone goes, okay, well, that's good. But nobody, no, nobody had a plan of what to do with it. So that's why you plan out what you're going to do with it at the action step. Sometimes you will find there is no action that you can take. And if there's no natural action for that information, I would challenge why it's important to have in the first place. Because that's just, quote unquote, interesting to know is not a good enough reason. There should be a marketing action applied to this or some sort of action applied to it, right? So mm -hmm. that's the plan. At that point, you move into the build step. 
So once we've got our plan in place, we know what we're going to be doing with our answers once we get them. We start building, which is okay. Let's make sure we get these answers. So how do we do that? The first key to the build, no matter what your tool is, Google Analytics 4 or anything else, mm-hmm. you make sure that that platform that you're using, that tool that you're using, understands what results you're trying to get. And the results, again, are sort of that results and how methodology that we're talking about. The results is what we, we use a shortcut called ACE. So we measure when they're aware of the particular user journey that we want them to be aware of. We measure when they've completed the journey and we measure as they engage along the way, A-C-E, aware, complete, and engage. So when you measure those three stages, it ties into the next key, which is making sure the platform understands where your traffic is coming from. And you Mm -hmm. identify who the traffic is, what type of traffic they're sending you and why they're sending you. In other words, what journey is it for? So then you start to see a story, which is that third key. And what's important about that is you see a natural story. I think a lot of people see tools like Google Analytics for, and they go, well, this is just a bunch of data. I I feel like I'm looking at the matrix and I have to decode the matrix. Well, if that's happening in your organization, it is because that data is flooding in, but it's not connected in a way that tells a natural story. And it can be, if you set it up properly, if there's a proper strategy behind it, and you're not just collecting data to collect it, but you're collecting it with a purpose you will see a natural story start to appear that says, oh, this particular traffic that's coming in was supposed to achieve this result. Did it achieve this result? And you start to understand things like, oh, wow, well, Google Organic is really good at awareness for this journey, but it's the Facebook retargeting that's getting them to engage, but it's the emails that are getting them to close. And now you start understanding how to better use your different traffic resources to move somebody through the different stages of whatever user journey you're trying to measure for, right? So that's sort of the build strategy part. And then that third step, is using it actually, right? What we call the launch step. So we we plan things out, we build things out, then we launch it. How do we launch it? Well, the first thing is you listen. That's the first key. And what are we listening for? We're listening for the conversation. And that's just looking at the trends and patterns over time, right? So see what the trends and patterns are and are they the right trends and patterns? In other words, is this customer journey or this user journey um, happening, all these conversion rates and all the different stages and steps, is it what you expect it to be? So how do we know that? Well, that's the second key. You must have a forecast. So, and that's the other thing that most companies miss. They don't have a proper forecast. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean like, oh, we're going to make $10,000 next week. What I mean is we're going to spend. So I think a lot of a lot of marketers market forensically. So they they look back at the at their spend and they say, what happened to that $10,000 we spent last week? And that's already the wrong question. Mm-hmm. What they should be asking is what's going to happen to the $10,000 we're going to spend next week? And they should have a forecast. This is well, at ten thousand dollars, going to be X amount per, you know, for our CPM. That's going to be a dollar per click. So that dollar per click should go to the page. Thirty-five percent, twenty-five to thirty-five percent are going to opt in within seven days. They're going to buy for this average ticket, which should generate this much revenue. And then you measure against that forecast. And then this is the final key to the launch step. At that point, you then optimize. You, in other words, you start taking action to improve things. And that's something we call expectation engine. You know, sort of figure out where the expectation might be mismatched, and you adjust it. But the important part about the optimization step is if you think about it, that's what everybody tries to skip to, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to optimize. Everybody wants to know what the insights are. Everybody wants to know what the actions they should be taking are. But they skip all the other steps, so they end up just guessing, right? Mm-hmm. Or what I call professionally guessing. So they they buy somebody's course, so they pay for a mastermind, and then people around them guess for them. But it's still just guessing, let's face it. Mm-hmm. But if you use this framework to go through, you naturally are sort of led to the proper action and the optimization step. And so at least then, you know, obviously there's no guarantees, but you know better than average chance, if you focus your resources at this particular step, you're going to move the needle. 
And then what's the beauty of it is you can take those actions and then remeasure to see, did it work? And the coolest thing about measurement that I, I know of is it either will work quickly or it will not work quickly. So you'll know within a couple of days if you move the needle or not. If you did, great, scale. If you didn't, okay, go back and try something else to move that needle. And that's kind of how you use the framework. So you plan things out, you build things out, and then you launch it. And then you just rinse and repeat. As you optimize, you're going to go back to your plan. You're going to start, once you get the answers to the first questions you're asking, you'll get answers to the second level of questions. And that and that goes back to your point about the tools. Like, do you set everything up all at once or, you, or do you, mm. you know, kind of do it as you go? I am a big believer in get good enough to get going and then come back and make it better later. Because not everybody has the skill that I do, the, the, what we call the measurement muscle, to be able to set up Google Analytics 4 or Tag Manager or whatever else, you know, stuff that how we do it, because we just have bigger measurement muscle. We've been through that framework thousands of times at this point, mm-hmm. where somebody who's just starting out might not be there, but they can at least get something set up and in place. And that's better than nothing. I mean, if you think about it, if we're in a dark room with like a box with no windows and you light a match, you're going to see, you're going to be so grateful for that little bit of light. And it's going to allow you to find the light switch, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that's what measurement can do. Even at the base level, you at least get good enough to get going. Make progress with your measurement. Start understanding at least, a, remember the old days of the internet when you would dial up and the image would come in kind of blurry and then it would yeah. re, re-render itself a little clearer and a little clearer until finally it loaded. That's what measurement's like. So you get a little clearer version of a, you know, it's it's not perfect, but it's better. And then you get better at measurement and now you can see cl- a little bit clearer. You can see more detail, you mm-hmm. know? So that's kind of how it works. And that's why we say measurement's a department, not a project. What I can say in one word, that was brilliant. The questions that I had in my mind, like everything was covered in what you just explained. <laughs> I, I, I loved it. So uh, like really like still, I want to go a little bit extra deeper. Maybe I want to mm-hmm. touch uh, something. I want to like, okay, nowadays customer journeys are on multiple platforms. Right. Like some is interacting socially, like some brands are being in, like I'm a user, I can interact with Nike in multiple different places. I'm just taking an example for now. Uh, how can like businesses ensure a seamless customer journey like across multiple touch points and channels? And can this be tracked? So that's a really great question. The answer is it can be somewhat measured. I don't I don't know that um, every possible interaction at every single time can, or even that it's important, to be honest, because mm-hmm. all you really need is a trend and pattern, right? Yeah. Um, and, and once you have enough data, it's kind of like statistics. Once you have a big enough sample size, you can sort of judge what the rest of the market's doing. And this is important, especially in the world of GDPR and everything else that's coming yeah. down. The tech, technical changes, the laws are changing, right? The users are putting ad blockers on. They're using browsers like Brave to not be measured in the first place. So we know that we're not able to measure everybody. And that's okay because we just need to measure enough to understand the trends and patterns. So that's the one thing I would say. You don't have to worry about everybody. Just get enough. Mm-hmm. The the second question is like, how do, you, how do you measure across the journey? And I would say first is you sort of plan out, here's what the journey should be. And then all those touch points of the journey is what you measure, you you sort of hold them against it. And the way I think about this is like a chain of salespeople, right? So it's like, I've got a salesperson whose job it is to make me aware that my store even exists to the world. That's mm. it. That's what they get judged against. If some of those people also happen to buy, that's awesome. But that's not what that salesperson's job was. It was to make them aware that I'm even a brand. Then I have another salesperson whose job it is to say, well, let's come into the store and take a look around 
right? Hmm. And if they happen to buy something, that's great, but that's not what that salesperson's being measured for. They're being measured for, did they engage with the store? And then I've got another salesperson that says, hey, welcome to the store. Looks like you're interested in those shoes. How about we buy them today for 20% off, right? That's my closer. And so that closer is then measured against sales, hmm. but the other two are not. And so when we when we do it like that, and obviously you can have you know 50 different touch points, the bigger the company, the more touch points there yeah. are. But what you can do is it makes the attribution so much easier because you're not measuring all the time for the end result. Because how many times have you seen this in multi-touch attribution conversations? Hmm. People are like, well, what caused the sale? They had 47 different traffic sources. And I'm like, I have no idea. And it ends up being like, I don't like multi-touch attribution. I think it's a silly question to keep asking because it's been, what, 100 years since John Watermaker said 50% of my advertising works. I just don't know which half. Hmm. That has never changed. If there was an answer to this, somebody would have come up with it. There is no answer to it. It just doesn't exist. The The question is stop where the answer is don't do that anymore. Instead, focus on the specific touch point that you're trying to measure for. What was it supposed to do? Did it do its job? And it and it's very rare that a single touch point for like reach and awareness sort of brand advertising, it's rare that is supposed to cause a sale. That is supposed to cause awareness. So it should be measured against awareness. And then that moves them down the pipe. So now you've got a retargeting audience of people who are aware, let's say, then that ad gets them to engage, maybe become a lead or look at a blog post 45 seconds or whatever else you can do, right? Because you can, you can measure for an enormous amount of behaviors. So you just sort of pick the behavior that this specific ad is supposed to get within minutes of that click. And mm -hmm. that's, the, that's the key point because now you can use last click attribution. It's much easier to figure out, did the ad do its job? And then it passes it on to the next ad to do its job. And it passes it on to the next ad to do its job. And that's how you can see that user journey, that customer journey sort of being spelled out and how each individual touch point is helping to move somebody through that journey. Now I want to come to the point of the needs and preferences. What about the product data so I think it depends on why you were collecting that. So if mm -hmm. you are trying to collect that, I always try to bring it back to this Kia process, right? What question am I asking? It's like, what are the preferences? Okay, what information will I need? Well, I'm gonna need to, I want to know um, what the problems were that they were trying to solve when they purchased our product. Okay, what actions will we take? Well, if we understand what problems they had and they bought and they were happy, then I can go create a lookalike audience around that, right? Mm -hmm. So in that information stage, what the information to collect could you get it from a tool like Google Analytics 4? Maybe because they do have, you know, interests and stuff like that, but it's very general mm -hmm. to the point where I think it's not particularly useful, right? Because it says everybody's into TV shows and you're like, all right, well, that's not useful. So mm -hmm. what I would do instead is use a different tool. And I would say, well, let's do a survey. Let's have, uh, you know, reach out to customers, have a, have a little customer success manager, if that makes sense, call customers, send an email. That mm -hmm. says, hey, just want to have a quick conversation. Could you schedule a Zoom call? Or just send an email that says, hey, would you mind going to the Google form? You know, there's lots of ways to do it mm -hmm. um, to get that information. And then you can use those words and say, cool, hey, I want to be able to, you know, collect an audience around these sort of interests, right? Mm -hmm. um, nowadays, you could have ChatGPT analyze all that and say, hey, tell me, tell me who my avatar would be. And mm -hmm. then have it build an avatar model. And then, and then do that. So I think there is, because it ties into that segment and conversation we talked about before. So there is a use case for that. Now, mm -hmm. if you're trying to say, well, I want to make sure they're using our product because we want to make sure that we have retention. Let's say it was a subscriptions type yeah. model, right? Well, in that case, I'd be like, okay, everything's a sale. Remember that. There's mm -hmm. Everybody thinks a sale means exchange of currency, but an exchange of email is a sale. Me scrolling down on your blog post is a sale. Me loading up your blog page in the in blog paste in the first place is a sale. Every action I give your brand is a piece of value that I'm transferring from me 
to you, right? There's mm-hmm. an ex- and a sale is just the exchange of value. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. So in that realm, I'd say, well, if your subscription product is trying to get people to, you, they have to watch this video and then you know uh, set up an account and then they they install their code. Then I would measure, did they do those things? And if they didn't, then you have another campaign that says, hey, let's help them out. They haven't installed their code within 24 hours and they should, because we all know if they don't take action within 72 hours, they're cold and they're not going to use the tool anymore. So that's the sort of stuff where I would say, what are those touch points? How do we know if they're going to do it? And then what will we do if they don't, if they do too much of it, or if it's just right? You know, and it ties back to that mm-hmm. IKEA process at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marcel, like one last question. Um, mm-hmm. I can keep on going because the value that that you're just giving is, is immense. So <laughs> I want to ask you, like in terms of retargeting, you mentioned like if someone read the blog post for 45 seconds, for example, like someone like reached maybe some other page, X products versus Y product, why we are better than the other one. If you if you're talking about retargeting, you're gonna retarget with some kind of exceptional or additional value where the person left, or is this going to be something else that's gonna define like why we are better, or yeah, this brand exists, yeah, you left it, so it's it's kind of additional, I would say like waste touch point. You basically mm-hmm. like seven eight touches. You're just trying to accomplish your seven or eight touches in order to embed your brand into a person's mind. In your personal preference, you want to go with the value first uh, mindset. Yeah, if yeah. Person- it's it's value, not touches. That's a great question um, because the whole seven to twelve touches is like that's fine, but it's it's not the number of touches. It's 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 how you're doing it, right? It's what's mm-hmm. communicated. And so the way that we think about this isn't so much the seven touches. It's it's what we call eyes on the journey. And we mm. call this the eyes on the journey. We build a report that does this for stages, for pages. And we and the reason we call it this is because everything that I'm about to say starts with an I. So we, and these are the different stages. We measure first for the impression. So did the page load, let's say, is a simple impression step. Mm. Fine. But that doesn't mean that they're into us. It could have been that they were playing some game and the ad got in the way when they were trying to level up, right? Or they had to watch the ad for a video to get extra points. But that doesn't mean that they care at all. So I don't want to retarget that crowd. So impression's good, but not enough of a value. So then what we do is we say, okay, then we're going to wait. In this case, let's pretend it's like a a long form sales page or something, right? Hmm. Let's We're going to wait 10 seconds. At that point, we say, okay, now they are introduced, which means if they've been there 10 seconds, they're looking around at least. They might not know everything, but it's better than, oh, I just wanted to get my game piece. Now I'm out of here, right? So now 10 seconds later, they're introduced. So we have impression and introduced. Then we measure for interested and we go, okay, what would be an interested behavior on a long form sales page? Well, the interested behavior might be they have to be there for 45 seconds and they have to have scrolled halfway down because Mm -hmm. if somebody's doing that behavior, there is some sort of interest going on. They might not be a buyer. They might not be ready, but they're at least interested. Then we measure for, did they investigate the offer? In other words, are they considering a purchase? So in the long form copy, again, maybe it's when the sale, the pricing table or something comes into view of the viewable browser window, not on the page, but it's they're looking at it in their viewable browser window for at least five seconds. So then when we do that, we're like, well, that behavior tells us, or at least infers that they are considering because they're staring. presumably, right? And then did they initiate? Did they initiate, click the button to go to the next step? So that's the eyes on the journey. We measure for impression, introduced, interested, initiate, sorry, uh, investigated, and then initiated. And what happens is when you see that, I get to go back to the marketing team, to our copywriters and say, listen, here's the page, let's say for the Measure Marketing Academy, which is kind of like our flagship training program, right? They Mm -hmm. come to that page, we say, 
you, you've got them interested, but they're not investigating. So that means that they you're kind of interested, but they're not looking at the offer. So you're losing them somewhere in the middle. So it's probably too complicated. You need to simplify things, build more value because they're not even looking at it. If they're looking at it and they're investigating, but they're not initiating to go to the cart, that's what the market's telling you. Hey, this is again, this is the conversation. The market's having this conversation says, yeah, I get it. I just don't think it's worth it. So build more value, change the offer, right? And now the copy team knows it's not the headline is the problem. If it was the headline problem, the introduced wouldn't be there. Right. So mm -hmm. in, like in our case, we have a forecast that says 88 to 93 percent roughly should be introduced. So if it's lower than 88 percent, the copy team already knows they have an above the fold problem. It's nothing about the price of the offer. It's that most other organizations that use measurement the regular way, they just see page loads. So they have no idea the conversation that's happening on the page. We do because we've got that measurement muscle. And so when you have that, the retargeting part becomes a lot easier because you're speaking about, oh, I need now an ad to go to people who were interested but did not investigate. So I want that ad, to your point about the value, to provide value enough to encourage them to actually investigate. So it might be a, you know, hey, here's, here's how others are using this program. Here's mm. others that are successful. It might be more testimonials and reviews. But I don't know if I would start with testimonials and reviews because that doesn't mean anybody who doesn't know who we are, mm. right? So you do testimonials and reviews. What if they investigated, but they didn't initiate? Well, maybe they need that 20% off coupon code or whatever the discount is or a free bonus offer for 30 days or some reason that turns up the urgency for them to actually make a decision now yeah. and, and initiate, right? And then you, of course, have the same problem. If they initiate the abandoned cart, what do you do? Yeah. But, but, but what happens is when you're measuring and you understand their side of the conversation, just like you and I are having a conversation, mm -hmm. because you have a conversation with them, it's easier for you to take actions because you can see the actions clearer versus the seven to 12 touch points, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, it was a complete mastermind for me. <laughs> I uh, love that. That's my best compliment, man. I appreciate that. Thank you. And allowing me, especially, you know, and, and these are great questions. So kudos to you for, for leading me in this direction. Yeah. Thank you. Any, any final thoughts that you would like to share with the person who is listening to this episode right now? Um, I would say focus on one thing because this we've talked about a lot. And, and sometimes when you try to do too much at one time, like, oh, I want to do an eyes on the journey and I want to use the framework and I got to start thinking about the conversation and the mindset. It's too much. And so just focus on one thing. If you don't have that mindset yet, start having that conversation in, in, in conversation in quotes, but with your organization say, hey, what's the conversation our website's having? What's the conversation our product is having with users? Is it the conversation we want them to have? You mm -hmm. know, start with that. Then move into learning about the framework. We've got a free course people can get um, to, to do that. Um, and then and it's about a three-hour course. It's a meaty course about the strategy because I think that's the most important thing that organizations are missing. So that will change your life from a measurement perspective. Um, and then if you have those two things, then you can work on the more fancy stuff like IOJ, the, the, what we call the uh, Eyes on the Journey Report, you know, that yeah. sort of stuff. But just get good enough to get going. Focus on progress. You can always make it better later. Don't try to do too much at once because that's where people get overwhelmed and frustrated and start, you know, be busy, 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 yeah. but they never get anything done because they're, they're just focusing on too much. That would be my biggest advice. True. Where can we learn more about you and your business if someone wants to get in touch? Uh, good question. So um, we have, of course, our website is measurementmarketing.io. However, I mentioned that uh, free course that's there. So if you go to measurementmarketing.io forward slash starting, 
So again, measurementmarketing.io forward slash starting. It'll take you to the Academy page. You can see that with the academies that we offer, but there is a free level, which we call the toolbox level. If you sign up for that toolbox level, you'll get the measurement strategy course, what we call win the measurement strategy uh, or measurement marketing strategy. And then you'll also get access to our toolbox that we give out to our members. So it's a bunch of tools back there that that are just, there's dashboard toolkits, there's traffic tracking toolkits, there's forecasting toolkits. There's about 40 different tools that are back there that are completely free. Um, just kind of our way of giving back to the community. So again, measurementmarketing.io forward slash starting. Thank you so much, Marshall, for coming to the show. This really means a lot. Outstanding. Again, thanks for having me, man. It's been a blast. Thank you.